Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Welcome back to the show. Today's another one of those days where I get to actually say I'm so excited for today's guest. We fell into each other's lap, I guess, if you will, a couple, well, a month ago, I think, out in Arizona. As you guys have been watching, you see my stories. Like, I live in Arizona part, part, part-time, part boyfriends there, whatever. But I've been really trying to get strategic about creating friendships out there and going to events and putting myself out there. Because, you know, as like, I, I guess a middle-aged woman, I, I want to make new high-level friends who also want new connections or who are doing things in the community or who going out and putting themselves out there and maybe are in the same arena that I'm in. And so that's where Stephanie and I got to meet each other. So girl, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here and I missed you. I just, I'm so excited I'll get to see you again, Stan. It's been too long. It has been too long. I know. What did we get to see each other like four times in one week? I know it was a lot. I, <laughs> but that's, I mean, it was beautiful to get to see you and then see you again and see you again and develop this amazing friendship because I'm in the same boat. I What you just said resonates so much for me of wanting to just connect with high vibe people that are good people that you want to be around. I feel like as we grow and evolve as people, it's just so important to keep on cultivating those relationships. So I've been putting myself out there to do that too. So I'm so happy that we met. I know. And I think I'm catching you on the tail end of your podcast tour right now. And I'm like literally watching you every day show up doing multiple episodes. And I actually had to reschedule this one because my ass was in New York unprepared. And then my internet went out today. I was like, we are doing this fucking show. Like, I want to hang out with you. I want to record. I want to create some magic. I want to talk about all the cool things that you've done over your career and the things that you're currently like obsessed with doing now. But you're right. Like, you know, at our age, sometimes we put like things in front of that connection piece with women and we wake up some days and we're like, the things we're dreaming about, the things we're, you know, envisioning for our life, maybe the people around us currently can't help us with that or they can't understand it or maybe they're not able to be as supportive as we're desiring. And so it takes true effort and like awareness that you're not currently kind of in the right environments to put yourself in rooms where sometimes you're showing up by yourself or you're paying to be in that room to be around people who you're hoping that you can connect with. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's very much been my experience. In the last couple of years, I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years now. I started at the age of 22. I really had no idea what I was doing then. But later on in the last like four or five years, I've really made sure I've been in the right rooms or gotten into rooms that scare me a lot of times where I don't feel like I'm qualified. Those are the exact rooms that we all need to be in because we learn from that proximity and that power. But I, you sharing that just brought this memory back to my mind of a mastermind I was in a couple of years ago. And one of the women in, in our group was leaving her corporate, the safety of her corporate job. And she was having a hard time communicating with their friends because they couldn't fathom whatever industry or whatever they were doing. They couldn't fathom having a $10,000 day of sales. And so she wanted to be celebrated by her friend that had been her friend for over a decade. And it was like <laughs> crickets uncomfortableness, this really difficult moment where she didn't feel supported in the way that she wanted to be. And it ended up transforming into this beautiful, I mean, she and I are friends now, but it ended up being this beautiful moment where we got to all talk together about how sometimes what we're going through on our business journey or in our life journey is so out of the realm of possibility for the people around us that what we share, it kind of just triggers 
something in them where they can't really be supportive for us. And so I think that that's the beauty of getting into these rooms and, and meeting women who are on a similar path or are, who are ready for those kind of connections, because it's not all that typical, especially if, if you're newer in, in your business journey or you have this big idea. Sometimes who we tell our ideas to, it can really squash that for us. So I'm so glad that we can talk about the opposite side of that because you can find a lot of really amazing support if you're open and vulnerable and all the things. And I know we're going to talk about a lot today, but it's just, it doesn't always have to be that way. We can have different friends for different reasons. Yes, I love that. And, you know, if you're listening and you're like, what podcast did I just drop into? Like, <laughs> create some space where you can actually pay attention and listen to this conversation. Imagine you're sitting with us having coffee and you've just met us. Like, we just met each other. And what do you do when you're in slightly awkward you know, situations, you make some small talk and then you find pieces of ways to connect with people. And then you just be like we sat together at dinner the like the fourth time we'd seen each other. And I was like, I can just sit next to her. I don't have to create any no nonsense conversation. We can just be next to each other. Like, stop trying to, you know, make it make it weird, Jessica, like just be there. It was like a beautiful awareness moment that I had because you know, being in the industry where you're always serving people, like my job is to create that conversation. My job is to find interesting things to talk about and connect with. Like behind the chair, I did it for so many years. I'm good at it. That's why podcasting is so great for me. Like I can create conversation out of anything. But for one, I'm a nosy ass bitch. But like two, <laughs> most people are too. Like most people oh, really yeah. are too. That's why reality TV is like what it is. A hundred percent. Yeah. So in that, I experience a lot of that same kind of energy that you were explaining that that woman had and I'm sure you have too over the years like yeah. we grow up with a set of conditioned beliefs that we have and somewhere along the line some people peel off and they go off and explore bigger different things that that current reality couldn't even comprehend nor might be even interested in and that's why you know I think from the time I can remember I couldn't wait to get out of the small town I was in in San Diego because 40 years ago it was a small town in San Diego and I knew that I wasn't meant to stay there. I don't know. I can explain it. I just knew. And so every move I've ever made has been to see like, what is what else is out there? I'll never forget my first trip to Europe. I was like, oh, I'm fucked. Like now I know the world's this big and there's these kind of people out here, whoever that was. But like, I just fucked myself. It's like when you know better, you're like, God damn, I have to do better now. It's like same with eating healthy or working out. You're like, Shh. ignorance oh, yeah. is so yummy and blissful. But it is. <laughs> Some days I'm like, stop reading books, Jessica. Stop ingesting. Go go live in a hole. But honestly, like, that is what fuels me and gets me excited. And, you know, we wouldn't know one set of feels if we didn't have the other. And until you are in a situation that makes you feel some type of way, like her not being able to express or share that amazing thing that she had accomplished, she then realized, like, well, shit, that's not their problem. That's not their fault. And I've been guilty of saying to friends, like, they're not giving me what I need. And she was like, okay, can we reframe that? And I was like, God, you're such a good coach. I hate you. And she'd be like, you know, you you have different things that you're looking for in, as far as support. Like that's on you to go be expressive and find that and be the mirror for other people in that arena. And so that's when, yeah, me too. I started getting into rooms where I actually felt like the dumbest person in the room or that I didn't have as much value or that maybe just maybe I shouldn't be there. But what you quickly realize is that a lot of people just want to find people like she wanted to that can support them, understand their dreams and goals. And who are like, let me help you, whether it's yeah. through support or accountability or like you're like, actually, I think your dream's not big enough. How can we like curate something even bigger and bolder for you? Because I see the potential in you. Oh, yeah. 
It's so true. And I think it's, you know, we all just want to be, I heard on a, I don't even remember where I heard this recently. I listened to a lot of podcasts, <laughs> but the innate human need for us to be seen and heard and understood. And it, it's just, we all want that. And I think sometimes we can play it safe or be, keep ourselves stuck. I know that I have seen that as a theme in, in parts of my life, even though, you know, the accomplishments and the accolades are there. Um, I think if we're really honest with ourselves, there's a lot of ways that we're doing that to ourselves often. And it's just a really beautiful thing when you can get into a room with somebody who calls you out on your bullshit or celebrates you when you feel like maybe you want to be hiding behind the radar or pushes you to grow. I think that that's uh, the really the best kind of friendship that we can have. So that's it's just it's special stuff that I appreciate now that a younger version of me wouldn't have even been able to grasp. I get that. I feel that to my core. And I'm sure whoever's listening is probably just nodding their head, like in a crazy ass head banging way, just being like, because if you listen to this podcast, we are probably vibing with the same, you know, struggles that we are. And maybe you're in that season where you're like, shit, I don't have those friends. I haven't yet started to put myself in rooms, but I am feeling that like hang out with us over here, you know, go follow Stephanie on like you'll you can get that in a non-traditional way. And curate friendships like through the DMs, through reaching out to people. Like I've been way more bold lately, like reaching out to people and leaving voice memos. And I'm, oh, I don't know why I'm still shocked that people are shocked that I leave a voice message. They're like, oh my God, this was such a nice message to wake up to. And I'm like, really? We've had voice messaging forever. It's not creepy that I just like left a random ass person a voice message. I thought it was, but I'm so excited that you're <laughs> excited to hear from me. But I always try to like, you know, come at it as a friendship. I'm not trying to come at it like, I, I I like you, you seem really cool and you could maybe help me in life. I'm like, you seem really amazing. I'd love to be connected in a formal way of like saying hello rather than creeping on your page for the next year and never talking to you. You know, what good is that going to do? And especially if you see some commonalities with people, like put yourself out there, like use social media as a way to create things that I guess we can call them friendships. But a lot of times I feel like we we put people in these friend buckets where you're allowed to have girlfriend acquaintances. You're allowed to have like people you admire that you just want to let them know or tell them that they they helped you get through something, but like required. You don't you don't need to go to coffee with me. I don't need you to text me and call me every day. Like a lot of times our expectations around friendships like make us think our friends aren't good friends. And I had that happen to me recently where I was like, they never text me. They never call me on like certain things. But I was like, that's actually okay. Like when I do get a phone call or when I do get an invitation, like it's heartfelt. It means something. And if I want more of those daily calls, or like I have to go curate that. I have to create what I wish existed for myself. Oh, it makes so much sense. Yeah. I feel okay. it on such a deep level. <laughs> I don't know. We were just talking about that friendship level. We we're just on a good one because <laughs> that's what happened with us. That's how we met. And I love giving context to like how I know people and why I want to bring them on the show. So you guys, Stephanie is an intuitive brand strategist. She has a, a cre she created a method called Pin Better, which we're going to get into and talk about later because I know so many of us are interested in Pinterest. We use Pinterest. We, we are very familiar with it, but we don't maybe use it for our business because, well, it's like a whole lot of search engine that maybe we don't know how to run, use, like utilize. It just seems like another place we maybe have to go, you know, and monitor and post content. She's also an investor, a mentor, a speaker, a top 40 under 40. And so much more like this girl's got that true girl next door kind of energy. And it's just you're the type of real deal. Like, no joke. That's her name. It's just too funny. It's just how the play is so good. I wish I had a last name. Like, and honestly, like, I think all of the success that you've had has come from like this 
authenticity that you just have naturally. So can you walk us through like, has that always been the case? Like, did you have just really amazing parents and you grew up just like this confident, I can get shit done type of woman? Or like what? How did we get here? Yes. Give me, and give me inside of that. Yes and no. You know, I think society shovels a lot of stuff our way, a lot of messages that I think, especially as women, we struggle with a little bit more throughout life and adolescence. And it took me a, a while to get to that confident place. I, I'm not athletic. I was encouraged to try every sport, which was not, not really confidence building because my hand-eye coordination is not, it just, it wasn't interesting to me. I would get bored. I got hit with a softball once because I wasn't paying attention and I was playing shortstop. So like, it was just not, not my realm, but I found theater in late elementary school into high school. And I actually went to college for musical theater to, to start, but it was just this kind of, it, it kind of opened up the lid to to my potential and really giving me confidence in a way that I don't think at the time I had no idea. But I look back now and that was such a pivotal moment for me as a little girl to be able to find my lane and to find what I enjoyed doing. I'm a singer. Um, I've not really been great at dancing, but there was a way that I could embrace my talents and find my lane. And so I think that when I think back to my business journey, as wild as it is, I think of that girl in the musicals in high school who was in her element and really able to build my confidence and shine there. I don't know that thinking of it now, and I actually, when I'm telling my business story, because I started my first business at 22, I was in college. I hadn't taken an official marketing course, but until my senior year, and I had done marketing for a family business earlier on, but it really, it was in that course that day, fall semester, where I realized that's exactly what I needed to be doing with my life. It was a perfect balance of creativity, which I loved from my theater time. I was a journalism major and I loved storytelling and branding is so much about story. Um, and then also consider behavior and psychology and understanding the brain and neuroscience and what encourages people on that, on that customer journey to purchase from you, to know, like, and trust you. And so I didn't have any traditional marketing experience and I started a business. I, thinking back now, I had no idea the beauty of ignorance is bliss. I had no idea what I didn't know. I also built the business to really just glean any ex experience I could from marketing. So I didn't have like a big goal in mind, which kind of led me down a, a winding path there for a while because I didn't have that end goal that I built that first business with. But I don't know that I would do it any other way because it's led me here multiple six figures for that business, a team of eight all across the country, clients across the country, but it actually wasn't an alignment. So I closed that business, full service marketing agency in 2022. And it was such a painful and grief filled process, but, but I don't know that I would have done it any other way because it really truly is a beautiful journey now to look back and to see that and to be able to celebrate the success, but not let it define me like I used to. I used to do things for the accolades or the check marks. And, and I have a different perspective now. Can you walk us through like the process of feeling like you fell out of alignment? I feel like I want to talk about where you're currently at because obviously you couldn't get where you're currently at if you hadn't had that exposure to the marketing world, to doing all the things that you did, building a business out of like, you know, a shoestring and figuring it out as you win. Almost like I wish we could all not be overwhelmed with a big vision and just take action like you did because there's something so genuine and, you know, real about doing it like that. But we hear that word alignment a lot. 
And I feel like I have a love hate with it because I feel like a lot of people put a ton of pressure on this like, you know, yoga pose of feeling in alignment <laughs> in every moment of everything they do in their day. And they're like, this is hard. I feel out of alignment. I'm like, no, it's you just have to get up and get dressed today. Like, you know, it's it's so we we use words to help us like get out of things. And I feel sometimes like let's give some context to what that actually meant for you. Like you're in this business, you're running it. It's successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were we were successful. We were growing. 2020, which I know was such a hard year for so many people, was one of my best years in business. So it was 2021. We grew 35% year over year. Definitely hustle. I was working 16 to 18 hour days, no exaggeration. I had tied my identity to the business because I mean, it was literally my brand name, my brand, my last name is real. My brand is real deal. And the business was, was named after that too. So it was so personal and so closely connected to me. But some of the things that were little nudges of it not being in alignment and not being right, which was really hard to decipher and discern at that time because I was getting all the different top 40 under 40. I was recognized as one of the top 100 CEOs in Phoenix, actually the week after I decided I was closing my agency in 2022, which would have old me. That would have been like, oh, keep on going, girl. You can you do it. Look at this. But we were getting amazing client contracts, working with clients that I had like on vision boards for years like we were getting to do those kind of opportunities and so i kept on following that energy and thinking that momentum was the right momentum i see now i was forcing all of it but to answer your question on alignment there were a lot of little nudges that were coming i mean i've always had a passion i love celebrating and i love supporting small business i grew up around entrepreneurs and, and always knew that that was going to be a part of my path but there were little nudges where it wasn't really fun anymore i was not doing I love the vision. I love the strategy. I love coming up with a big idea. And then that's it. <laughs> and I was not only doing that, but then making all the pieces of the puzzle come together, managing a team, which I love mentoring. I do not enjoy managing a team. It is not for me. I am very much the visionary. If you've read, I believe it's Rocket Fuel. They talk about visionary versus integrators. And I am not an integrator. I mean, I'm a creative for, for you know, all intents and purposes. I'm even left-handed. I'm very right-brained. And so, but there were these little nudges of, oh, that doesn't feel right. Or I kept on attracting clients that I like, yes, there were some great ones, but there were some that weren't so great and didn't treat me great and, or the team great and didn't respect boundaries and just these little nudges that were like, mm, something's off. My body actually physically told me too. I launched six things in one month in 2021. And I knew intuitively that I had adrenal fatigue and my nervous system was just shot. And then a test later confirmed it. But my, my answer was to keep on pushing through, keep on doing it. And my body was giving me those little signs and symptoms along the way, whether I was getting sick more or you know, having different symptoms here and there, not feeling great in my body. And then actually in March of 2022, so about a year after the adrenal fatigue diagnosis, and I wasn't really doing anything to help my adrenals or my nervous system. I was just pushing to see how far I could still go. And I'm left-handed and my left hand was going completely numb. I know now I injured my ulnar nerve, which is your funny bone. So I know we all know what that feeling of when we hit our funny bone, what that feels like. That was happening to me for nine weeks straight and my hand was cramping so much I couldn't use it. So I couldn't type for more than 15, 20, 30 minutes without having to take a break. I couldn't write at all. I was actually scared my hand was never gonna come back 
and I was going to have to learn how to write with my right hand. And I did a lot of physical therapy and got it back. But through that process, that was kind of like my body's like, you are not in alignment. You're not listening. We're going to scream now so you can listen. And it actually made me really change my ways completely. So I stopped because at that point I was working 16 to 18 hour days nonstop. I was only eating because of meal delivery services or DoorDash. I literally was not taking care of myself at all. And I think that was my biggest cue of being out of alignment because I kind of lost my joy. I didn't talk to friends for a really long time. When I lost a lot of the things that made me really happy, I was just so focused on making the business a success and it was at my own expense. So much there. And yes, that's a great description of being out of <laughs> fucking out of alignment. We had Shelly on the podcast not too long ago and she had lost sight in her left eye and she never got it back based off of almost an exact same story similar to working, you know, as much as you. And I think that's always been one of my biggest fears to like push myself super hard, though we see people do it all the time or though it looks like it, right? Like we know that to create epic businesses, it, it takes time and investment and all of those things that you were doing. So it's hard when your body finally shuts down, but it's it's at the point where you probably felt it coming. You just weren't listening. So in hindsight, let's just dive into that because... How did you learn to shift from forcing things into like creating more or finding flow with things? Because, you know, life pushed you to stop and you you hit a hard stop letting the whole business go. But explain to people what that means, because I think a lot of people roll through their life forcing things or, you know, yeah, that's a great word. Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally I look back and Stephanie from 22 years old to even just recently, I have forced everything, which is amazing because. I've made a lot happen. I have achieved so much against odds. I'm getting emotional even thinking about it because I would go back and tell that girl not to do that. But forcing it, making things happen, pursuing even the wrong friendships, like keeping people in my life or forcing friendships along, which sounds so silly, but it means so much for business too because I recognize I was forcing a lot of these connections, things I thought I wanted. I mean, I never intended to build a marketing agency. Let that be clear. I worked for two women that I really admire and they've been mentors to me throughout my career. I worked for their agency for a while while I was living a side hustle life. And I said, oh, that's not for me. I never want to do it. And then I did that exact thing. And it just, it, it gives an emotional response because it, it, everything was so hard. Nothing was easy. And not that it has to be easy um, or that life is easy because that's not what I'm saying, but the amount of effort that it took just to hit the business goals. And don't get me wrong, I hit every business goal and then some. I had hired a team and, and did all these things that like I could have never even imagined in some ways. But in a lot of ways, I was living on autopilot and just like plugging the holes that were in the boat, trying to keep things afloat, hitting a goal. Thank you. Continuing on, not stopping to celebrate anything. I had no energy to celebrate anyway. But I think that force energy I was very much, and I'm very woo, so I was very much in my masculine energy and everywhere in my life, whether that was planning events, like planning trips for the friends. Oh, yeah, I'll take it on. Or, you know, we were going to a concert. Oh, I'll buy the tickets. Everybody pay me back, which is such a simple example. But I was the one that was making it all happen, and I was doing that in business, too. So taking on the brunt of a lot of the work, a lot of my team early on were contractors and they would hit a stopgap in their expertise or they'd miss a deadline and then I'd have to pick up the slack. And instead of getting rid of them, 
I would give them another chance and I would just be filling all the spots and, you know, not giving myself any time off. Force comes in a lot of ways. And I think we can feel it intuitively if we're really honest with ourselves. Maybe, maybe it's even a little nudge that no that we get. I have a very visceral feeling when I get a no, it's fiery. It's right in my solar plexus, which is right underneath your ribs. And when we ignore that and we push forward anyway, that was like my whole life for a long time of just having this nagging feeling and doing it anyway, just to kind of prove, you know, just to see if I could do it. And so that was very much force for me. And to answer the second part of your question of how you got into flow, I honestly had to slow down and, and really stop. And I didn't like it. It was very different. I had that health issue in the spring of last year. And then I had another health issue. And I've been working on some ongoing health issues for a while. But I, I had another health issue in the fall of last year in 2022, where I had to take time off of work for the first time in my life. I've been working since I was 15 years old. I had never taken more than a day off. And even if I took a day off, I was checking email. I was never off. And I took two weeks off in November after having surgery. I had to to relax and recover. And that honestly was a game changer for me. At the time, I had already decided and been putting plans into place to close the business. And that entailed letting my team know, which was I took such responsibility because I was impacting their lives and their livelihoods and their families. But you know, did my best to give them advance notice, help them find other other work for my contractors, you know, getting them lined up with other people to work with, doing whatever I could to help, even probably taking on some responsibility that I didn't need to, but that's just who I am as a person. I care. And then clients, a lot of our projects were still ongoing. And the reality was some of our resources had completely changed. And I was up at a point where I couldn't bring in somebody else to finish the project because there was no more room in the budget for profitability. I didn't have the same person on the team anymore for some of the project work. And I had to have really difficult conversations of, you know, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to help you anymore. You know, here's what we're going to do. Here's another resource I'll connect you with, referring out, you know, some of the business. And it was, I say it so easily now, but oh my gosh, there were so many tears. And I am so grateful for the mentors that I had last year that really helped walk me through that process and helped arm me so that I could have those conversations. I mean, firing all of your clients and firing is an aggressive word, but rehoming all of your clients and letting go of team and knowing that all of this is coming and it's the right thing, but you had to let go was so hard. I cried so many tears because I didn't want to let anybody down, but I knew that by continuing the business, I was letting myself down and hurting myself even more. Yeah. I think so many people are probably finding themselves in that story. And if you're not, you know, are you a business owner of any sort? Like this happened with me with the salon. When I let the salon go, letting my my clients go, letting my team go, letting people know that this isn't where I wanted to be anymore. Girl, I just had to pop in the middle of this episode to let you know that I will be attending Keisha Get Mary's live event, Empower Her, in Denver, Colorado, September 22nd through the 24th. Tickets are now live and you can grab my coupon code if you click the link in the show notes. This event last year was life-changing. I was rocked and I love how Keisha shows up. Her energy is contagious. The people in the room's energy is contagious. They have amazing guest speakers to tap into their knowledge, their power, their energy. Two of my favorites, Chris and Lori will be there along with Mr. Trent Shelton himself. You guys snag your tickets before they're gone. 
you won't want to miss this. This will probably be the last live event she does for quite some time because she will be 34 weeks pregnant by the time this event hits. So again, it's in Denver, Colorado, September 22nd through the 24th. You can tap the link in the show notes to grab your ticket and join me. You know, the first time I sold the the first salon, that was a little bit easier of a move, but still I felt like I was letting people down. So I relate to that story a ton. Do you think at some point, you know, working for those women and saying to yourself, I never want to do this. I know so many people in the beauty industry, which, you know, I speak to so many people, but that's my home. Those are my people. Like so many people have rented chairs or been in the industry and said, I never want to own. And then five, 10, 15 years later, there they are. And it, it happens for various reasons, right? But did you wake up and realize maybe you had pursued someone else's dream? Yes, 100%. 100%. Because I admire those two women so much. I still do. They've become great friends and mentors over the years. They've, we've referred a lot of business between each other, and I respect them so much. But I realized I was, I was living somebody else's dream 100%. And it's so funny, you know, alignment, and coming back to that word again, there are so many times over that journey that I believed I was in alignment and I was doing, I was in alignment with a version of me, but it wasn't serving my higher purpose. I don't want to be in a role where I have to work 16 to 18 hour days just to keep the business afloat. You know, I don't want to manage people. I, those are not the areas, but I think I had to, I had to honestly do it to, to know. I've always had to learn things the hard way. That is just, that's just how it works for me. I don't know any other way to do it. But I think I'm so grateful for that. I don't know, even, even the detriment that it had on my health and well-being and my happiness and my friendships and all the negatives that, that happened as a result of that force energy and not being truly authentic to myself in a lot of ways in that journey. Um, still authentic to me throughout the process, but building building that business and having it having i was so disassociated from my body in a lot of ways throughout the process that of course i was disassociated from the business too but i wouldn't change it because i did have to go through that i think i did build the dream and emulated some other mentors of mine or people that i really respect and admire but i think the beautiful lesson that came out of that is it can be their dream and what they want to do, but it that doesn't mean it has to be my dream. I can want something different and still have success. And my success doesn't necessarily mean I have a team and a physical office space and, you know, clients all over the country and, you know, hundreds of clients, hundreds of team members. That doesn't have to be my dream too. So right. it was really and freeing. I'm sure I can only imagine. I'm like feeling lighter for you. I see it in your, I see it in your soul and in your, in your, you're just radiating a whole lighter vibe. And it shows when you show up on social media, like, mind you, I didn't know that Stephanie before, yeah. but I can only imagine just from what you're sharing. And I know anyone listening can probably feel the weight of, you know, waking up every day and thinking like, I have to do X, Y, Z in order to blah, blah, blah. Like it is tough. And that does feel forced. That does feel like you don't have the freedom to be in flow and see what that really feels like. And you know, especially as women, like we just get shit done. I know men do too, but we're a different breed. Like we not only want to get shit done, we want to make sure everyone's happy. We want to make sure all the boxes are checked. Like it's a whole ass thing. And majority of the people listening to my podcast are women. So they're probably nodding. Okay. And I just, so let me ask you then, because now we see this version of you. I know you're doing a ton of other things, which we'll dive into, which for sure going to cover the Pinterest course. But how have you worked on you? Like meaning 
how do you know or how do you like allocate the personal growth time into your life now? Is it just part of like your routine or like has there been things that have worked for you that maybe someone could listen to this and be like, I need some help. I don't even know where to start. Like, what do I do? Yeah, I'm getting chills, which means that we need to talk about this. So somebody listening absolutely needs to hear this, which is really that makes me happy. I have always been very proactive about my health. My father was my biggest mentor but he passed away actually a decade ago. We had cancer for a very long time. And I think through that experience, I've always been crazy about my health. So whether that is going to a naturopathic doctor before it was even all the rage, I feel like everybody has a naturopath now, but I've been going to a naturopath for 14 years and, you know, getting proactive lab work done, being my own advocate, trying to understand and do my own research and being armed with that. And so I think that that's, that's part of it is taking care and really listening in I recognize and can see now that when I was in that force energy, I was so disconnected from my body that I was living with pain every day and didn't even didn't even let it register or all these other symptoms that were happening that I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is weird. That's not normal. I'm going to take note of that. And when I started to get mindful of that, it really opened my eyes for that. But some of the things that I do on a daily basis now are meditation, which is crazy to say, because if you would ask me a couple of years ago, I would have told you there is no way I can meditate. And I think in the beginning, when I was meditating, I was doing 20 minutes. It was transcendental meditation. I went through the certification, blah, 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 got the, got the certification. But I was so rigid with not only my workouts, like they had to be a certain amount of time or I wouldn't count them or a meditation had to be 20 minutes. And I've thrown all that out the window. I'm kinder to myself. And I think part of that and getting into a flow state is if I have three minutes to meditate, I meditate for three minutes. If it's just doing breath work, I do breath work. I don't have it be so rigid every day that it has to be the exact same thing. I love a routine, but I don't want to be confined to a routine. And so it's been finding a flow with that. I work with some mentors that help me with that. Our mutual friend, Sam Harper, I've been in her program, her RISE program for the last six months. And actually we kick off this week for the next six months. And that has really helped me transform. I have intuitive gifts that I've ignored or stifled down over the years because of fear of what other people would think or, or I tried to share and people said I was crazy. So it's been nice to just be and connect with myself and allow that and to be in a space where that's celebrated. And I can nurture those pieces and just take care of myself and be even more authentic because those pieces, like even in the branding work, and I'm, I know we're on a podcast and people are going to hear this, but hey, I'm stepping into it. I get intuitive hit for what like a logo should look like and what the colors and the fonts should be. Yes, we use data or market research. I've been doing this for 14 years. So I, I know what I'm talking about and know the industries and what we need to do. But I also get that intuitive just inner knowing. So it's a beautiful way to honor my intuition. But that helps me stay in flow more than doing all the things and really doing nothing, if that right. makes sense. No, it does. And being as rigid as you were and not counting specific things because you somehow made up a story in your head that it wasn't enough if you didn't do it for X amount of time. Yeah. It's one of the things I get most frustrated around when anyone's like stepping into personal development or even starting a fitness routine or even trying to create new habits is they in their mind think that, you know, it has to be a certain level and that two minutes of breath work isn't impactful or that a quick walk around the, you know, the park or their neighborhood doesn't count as a workout. I'm like, everything counts. Oh, yeah. It's, it's these soft skills that you develop throughout life that build that resiliency and confidence to, you know, push harder in, in, the, in, in the lanes that you're meant to when you're meant to do them. 
And when you can create these little wins in, in your daily habits, it's so much easier to get through the hard shit, you know, but it's also easier to be in awareness and listen to your body. Yeah. And I, I want to go left for a second because you mentioned a couple of times being disassoci- disassociated from your body. And I feel like so many people live in their head, in their headspace. And that's why for me, like you with that meditation, I went all the way into breath work and got certified as well. And then next was human design. I was like, who are we? What are we? How do we work? I need answers. I need to know like how we can best show up for ourselves. Yeah. And the breath work piece was so lucky I got taught. He He's a naturopath. She was a yoga teacher. And so together they created their own breathwork teaching certification. I was doing lessons with them or sessions with them, I should say. And I just remember like breathwork can be difficult. Breathwork is like any other type of intense meditation or workout, like breathing and concentrating on specific things and not letting yourself get distracted. Like it's one of the most difficult things. But for someone like you and I in the beginning who I had this story of how meditation had to be. And so I, I, but I didn't ever look back and think, oh, my workouts in the morning have always been my meditation. I don't like to work out with anybody. It's just me, myself and I, and it's my time. And it's what I think has saved me over the years from having breakdowns and getting through hard shit. But then when I found breath work, I was like, this means I can tap into this anytime I want. And I needed to learn the science behind it so I could understand what was actually happening on a cellular level to my body, what it really means to regulate your nervous system, the power that our breath has. Like, so I went down a rabbit hole learning all of that stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm just now owning the fact that that needs to be a part of what I facilitate and bring into this world because I have such a power behind what I know it can do. And like your intuitive gifts, I intuitively, every time I do breath work at the end, it's like, and it's your turn. And I'm like, maybe next week. Like, <laughs> well, we push it down. Like, yeah, we're like, uh, I you know. Also, no. Yeah. It's like we want a sign then we're like, not today or not that sign. And, and yesterday, I'll tell you a funny story. I got a fucking slap upside the head with that sign like I've never gotten before. I was on this guy's podcast. He's like some big name. He owns Everbowl. He owns like, I don't even know how many. Anyways, well-to-do guy. Started a podcast finally. We got connected. He invited me up to the studio. He's got this fucking sick studio. I'm like, I walked in and I was like, I hate you for expanding my dream right now. I am fucked. Like, I was just blown away. He had the full setup, whole team, camera crew. I walked in. I was like, you could have given your girl some notice. Like, Lisa dressed cute. But he had gone through all of my work and saw that I was, you know, I, I slightly have been teasing this breathwork session that I'm hosting at my retreat. I've, and, I've seen it. Right? I'm like, I'm all on the content. You guys never know who's watching your shit or paying attention to the things you post, right? We've only sold like five tickets to that breath work that night. It's on a Monday night. It's at the retreat. We only have room for 10. But that just goes to show you like someone noticed it. And out of all the shit I do, all the things he wanted to talk about on the podcast, right? I don't talk about breath work. Really? I don't say I facilitate it. I don't sell it. I Nothing. And he kept bringing the conversation back around it because it's what he currently is resisting. So he was really curious about it. So we had a really powerful podcast episode, but you know, he kept bringing up breathwork and how he didn't have a great experience the very first time. I said, me neither. So we bought him. Yeah. And it was so funny. And so at the end, I thought to myself, this is your shit or get off the pot moment, Jess. Yeah. What I meant by that and what I mean by that, and I want to share with you guys right now, and you can probably relate to moments like this that have maybe happened in your life. Like here is somebody who has the network that if I wanted to step into the world as a breathwork facilitator, which I do, we'll say it here first. 
he literally was like, you know, kept talking about it. And so, you know, my big bold ass was, would you be willing to let me practice with you? You don't have any expectations. You've only had a bad experience. So yeah. I know you're going to like whatever I do better. I, I at least know that much. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. And so then on the way out the door, I asked him again about it. And then I did an even bigger bold ask because I've watched other people get what they want and need by asking. I said, you have quite the team here and the space. How would it feel after you and I had an experience with this that we then facilitate it for the team? I'm like, this could be a breakthrough moment for me to be able to come in yeah. as the regular person to host breathwork for them and possibly yeah. like they have just expanded to over 300 stores. Amazing. So if you look where the picking is ripe, sometimes it's right fucking in front of you, right? Like yeah. to be like in my wild, I'm like you, like a visionary. I'm like, if I could be the go-to breathwork for this whole entire franchise, like I, I won't need to look for clients. Ever. Yeah. You won't need to do anything else. It's completely chilling. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Like the power of just a, like we talked about in the beginning, getting in the rooms, going for the ask, putting yourself out there. I wouldn't have this connection with you in this very moment if I hadn't started my damn podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't be in that room with that guy if I hadn't started my podcast either and or written my book, showed up on social like I have. I wouldn't have any of that accessibility to now his potential network, right? Oh, yeah. And him and I talked a ton about relationship capital. And I want to talk about that a little bit on here because I see when we talk about getting in the room, sometimes people are like, well, I don't know if it's worth it right now for me because I don't know what my big vision is. I don't know what my goal is. I, I don't know where I'm going. So I don't want to get in those rooms or spend the money or the time until I know. Right. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, you're talking to me right now because I just did this in my head about an opportunity earlier today. Okay. See, chills again. This is why I love having raw conversations like this and in real time because I feel like that was me also for a really long time. I was in a cush ass career for 18 years where like shit was pretty good. Like if I followed the pattern of what my mom said, like stay there, make that like base 150 a year, like you you hit, you, you succeeded in the avenue you chose, like just coasted out. And I was like, I'm 36 years old, seven years old. I'm like, this can't be it. Like this can't be it. So that's where I made my biggest investment in Fast Foundations with Chris and Lori Harder. And like, it's fucked up my whole world. But I did up, like- but thanks to them and their mentorship and their belief in themselves and them showing up and showing me what's possible. Like I had a moment yesterday where my vision got so expanded to the point where I was like, oh, I love that I didn't even know that I wanted any of this until this very fucking moment. And but really, if I look back, I'm like, I've always wanted my own TV show. I always joked I wanted to be Kelly, like a Kelly and Regis, Kelly and Michael, Kelly and whoever. She's like, you know, I love her. I want to be her. She has to have all the different boys. But Side note, it's just one of those moments where what do we say to the women who currently feel like they don't know if it's they're ready to like hop in the rooms or get like put themselves out there? I think if you wait until you're ready, you'll never do it because we always are going to move the goalposts and tell ourselves, oh, you know, even I think back over my career and yes, hitting all those goals is awesome. But then I was like, oh, but, you know, I won't even celebrate this major monster goal that wasn't even a possibility like a, a year ago, but I made it happen. But what am I going to do next? And so I think if we wait until we're ready, we will truly never do it. No, I, I for sure would have talked myself out of going to his studio yesterday had I known what the setup was going to be. No clue. No, you're no. Like, no, not going. I can't can do it. Can't do but it. But like my ass, like I'll Michael Jordan the fuck out of something. Like I will put my suit on. I'm suited and booted and I'm a hair and makeup artist. So, you know, I got I was looking good. Like I showed out and I was like, 
even as I drove there, I was like, I'm not even nervous. And then the second I walk in, like, all the cameras, oh, yeah. it's like, instant sweaty. Like, it was such an, but I was like, you got this. You got, and he luckily looked a little nervous, too. So I was like, you're new at this. Whatever channels through me, and that's where, like, when you talk about intuitive gifts, I know we all have a set of intuitive gifts. It's just up to us to tap into them by re-regulating our nervous system. And if you resonated with what she said about being disassociated from your body, like, reach out to me. Let me practice breathwork with you because I promise you that through that experience, you will learn how to reconnect with yourself and start to really be able to listen to what's going on with you. So what does meditation look like for you now in a practice? Like you say, if you have three minutes, but like, do you have a yeah. process through? Is there like a, a, a type that you do or a way that you learn to teach yourself how to meditate? I use a couple of different modalities. So I do even something as simple, even though it's one of the most challenging things. I was just talking about this earlier. Kundalini breath, 108 breaths. I have a necklace. It has 108 beads because my brain was getting so far into what number I was on that I was losing the ability to really connect within. I do that a couple of times a week usually, but I also do grounding every day. So I stand in the grass barefoot for at least 10 minutes every day, get morning sunlight, take my dog on a walk. That's meditative too. If I'm talking to the older version of me who said I could never meditate, I can't ever, I can't focus on one thing ever. I, I was so resistant of meditation or going within for so long that I think if you're listening now and that resonates for you, it can be a lot of different things. I don't think an older version of me, a previous version of me would have ever thought that a walk could be a meditation. But then I follow Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and he does walking meditations all the time. And so it's really whatever you do, whatever that might be for you to connect within your body, and it really always beautifully comes back to breath. I also find a lot of really deep meditation these days comes from somatic breath work. And I'm doing that with a practitioner. And it literally makes my hands tingle and, and really connects me to my body in ways that I never thought possible. It's an amazing release. But it also messages always come through. And it happens whatever your experience is in that moment, whatever you're trying. It's exactly what you and your body need in that moment. So just allow and trust it, whatever it is. I mean, even things like the Calm app make it really accessible to try a meditation. Maybe it's a couple minutes. I have a medium that I work with pretty regularly as well. I have for the last five years almost. And she has a couple meditations that I do pretty frequently too. So awesome. So cool. Yeah. So many resources out there now that never existed before. Like yeah. meditation apps. There's tons of free shit on YouTube. My mom loves the Wim Hof breathing. My mom loves, like, she sends me affirmation stuff all the time. She sends my son, like, affirmation things. So start where you are. And I think, like, looking back now, for me, the same thing, those early morning walks, I used to call them clarity walks. I wouldn't bring a phone. I wouldn't bring anything with me. And I would just make myself walk. And it's very similar to the process of breath work, where in the beginning, you're all in your head and you're, like, thinking random thoughts and you're all over the place. And then somehow you, you move into a flow state and you can start to, like, have breakthrough thoughts where that's where the clarity piece comes in and or you release something right like something works its way up to the surface and if you've ever worked out really really hard like a lot of times you'll have that emotional release at some point in the workout if you're pushing yourself really hard and again what are we doing we're breathing through that so I love all of this I love we're sharing all of like the woo with it because you look at people like Stephanie and you see all these accolades and all the things that she and you're like how did she get there and it's not she's she can't send you the PDF on how to be successful and make multiple six, seven figures like it's this type of shit that 
is why like I got into podcasting, why I got into having deeper conversations other than just like building your brand. And you probably started to feel that way too, is why the marketing piece was great and you were helping people with their business. But at the end of the day, like truly I see who you are as a healer at some level. And it, it's it's going to come out in different forms now in the way that you serve people. But I know like, I don't know if it's this this age that we're at where we have this experience now and this knowingness of like who we are. So then we can then turn and serve other people. And I think truly once you get to know who you are, that's when your power is unlocked. And if you focus so much on helping other people, if you're in the service industry, you know, it is your job to serve people and be that people pleaser, if you will. But at the end of the day, if you're not releasing some of that, right, and emptying what you've taken in with the energy of the people you serve, you don't have room for yourself. And I realized that after so many years of, you know, working with people is like, I didn't have a way to energetically release all of that. And so now through mindfulness and different modalities, like one of my favorite mentors now, Britt Carmichael, I, I get in the shower and we do this whole visualization where I rinse off and it becomes a color, you know, the day's worth of energy that I've taken on. And it's so simple. It's a shower. But like I do a whole visualization process around releasing all of that so that I can show up as the, the best mom because now it's time to mom, right? So it's so cool when we actually talk about this shit because this is what all of the majorly successful people are doing. At least the ones who are truly happy and feel fulfilled. You know, those motherfuckers still might work 16 hour days, but to their own beat, right? Like Alex Ramosi is someone who's like unapologetic. He's like, yeah, I love to work. And I married a woman who also loves to work and we love to work together. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't put your shit on me. I ain't trying to find balance. I want to Netflix and chill and fucking work. And I was like, I love you for being unapologetic. Like, yeah. how can anybody who puts their pre-described like ways that you should show up in your life? If you only want to work two hours a day, hang out with other people who want to do the same thing. You want to work 24 hours a day? Hang out with that crew. Like, get around people who are doing the shit that you're doing. Okay, so we promised you guys, if you're still here, I'm glad you are. We want to tap into your Pinterest knowledge. Please tell the people what's going on. Spill the tea. Oh as, it relates to, like, as it relates to small business, because I think the majority of people who tune in here have some sort of small business. A lot of people in the beauty industry still, a lot of early stage entrepreneurs, sometimes accidental entrepreneurs, like, give it to us. I was like, my favorite group of people to work She's with. She's like, I'm all fired up. I was like, I have worked with the corporates and the big clients, and it's just never as fun. I love work. I truly love working with small business. I feel like you make a big impact. And that's always been really meaningful to me. But the reason I love talking about Pinterest for small businesses is, well, there's a few reasons. It is, you alluded to this actually in the beginning, it is social search. It is not like Instagram. It's not like TikTok. It's not like Facebook. You're not jumping on a trend. You're able to meet your ideal customer at the exact moment they're looking for you, just like on Google. And that's through hashtag. That is through living content, which you can use. Pinterest trends to find what is trending in your industry. If you are in the beauty industry, Pinterest is a great channel for you. But the thing above all, if you're service-based, whether you are in the beauty industry or maybe you have a service-based business like a marketing agency and you're listening or that's your dream to start, Pinterest is for you too. Any business that has a link, if you have some kind of a website page, a lead gen offer, a freebie that you have a link for, you should be using Pinterest. And here's why. The best performing Pinterest content for clients that we've worked with over the years, even our own businesses and my own brands that we've done this for, our best performing pins are from three, four, and five years ago. What does that mean? You post it once. It literally will work for you for years to come. Now, you're going to want to use your evergreen stuff. Don't post about an event or a grand opening or a sale you have going on that has an expiration date. But if it's evergreen, 
Pinterest is amazing because you literally can drive traffic to your website for years to come. I even forgot about a video that we posted on Pinterest a couple of years ago. And I was looking not that long ago at, and checking in for the team. And I was like, what the world is this with 175,000 impressions and like all these clicks? And then I looked and I was like, oh, it's that video we posted three years ago. Where else can you do that? On Instagram, your lifespan for the post is about six minutes. It's a little under six minutes and it's getting shorter and shorter. Twitter is six seconds. TikTok is a couple of minutes as well. You can even repurpose your content, your video content on Pinterest as well. And then it can work for you long-term and drive real website traffic, people who are actively looking for your products and services and get real leads for your opt-ins that you have too. Why not use Pinterest for that? So that's my real quick spiel on Pinterest. Um, it is super incredible. I mean, we've used it with everyone. It's not just wedding content or recipes, which yes, in fitness, there are a lot of a lot of those providers that are using Pinterest, but health and wellness, beauty, even professional services are finding a way on Pinterest now because there are 455 million active users a month and over 1 billion video views a month on Pinterest. So it's where people are at. It's a positive platform. People are happy when they're there because they're planning for the future. They're not stuck in the negative doom scrolling that is Instagram love Instagram so much, but it is a different vibe, a different experience. So that's why I love it so much for small businesses too. I mean, I'm sold. I, I have been wanting to merge that into Pinterest, especially with all the content that I've been creating over the last couple of years. I know it's a place I need to go, but strategically I was like, I can let me focus on one thing at a time, but now I'm ready to grow. So I'm going to grab your course. I know you're yeah. doing a sneak flash sale right now and it's going to be over by the time this episode airs, but I have begged her to drop us a code in the show notes to extend that offer to anybody listening who has been wanting to get their grips on Pinterest and really like show up there. She has a whole ass method that she's curated for you and created the pin better method. So what can people expect inside of that course? So the course will teach you how to grow and scale your efforts there. So if you have 10 links, five links, one link, I'm going to show you how to turn it into 100, 300, 500 different pins that you can use that are all algorithm friendly. They're gonna help you rank in search results. We've had students that have completed the course, had zero Pinterest activity or even account set up, and they have 30,000 views in less than a week by using this method. Now, caveat, I want you to know, Pinterest is a longer lead platform. So people aren't gonna come and immediately buy from you. They're planning and researching for the future. So your blog content is great there. If you're on a podcast or you have a podcast, yes, I'm looking at you, Jessica. It's great to be able to share your episodes there too. Something that people can research, look for, depending on the content that you're providing, they can go and get information. Those perform really great too. Your lead gen offers, they do too, but it's going to take a while. Typically for clients where we manage Pinterest ongoing for them, those leads really start converting typically after the six month mark because we need a little bit of time for it to land there, but you're going to get the visibility and you're going to start seeing website traffic usually within the first 90 days. If nothing else, your account is going to get visibility and people are going to start saving your pins to come back to them later because Pinterest is usually about five months out. So if it is, for example, if it's May when you're picking up the Pin Better course and learning how to scale your content, you should be thinking about content for the holidays and the new year already because people are already planning in advance for that. Ah, that makes sense because people so want their- It'll take you through those tips and tricks too. Different things to do. One of the top favorite things is how to name your content so that it is, fits into the algorithm and it's going to show up in search results. And you'll also get a set of templates to use to in Canva that you can make your own graphics too. So, so fun there. 
Oh my gosh. So explain to people, because I know a lot of people that have podcasts right now, right? And starting this agency, I want to be able to understand better so I can push people to Pinterest. What is the benefit of, so we create show notes for each episode, right? And then these show notes, we turn into basically newsletters or blogs that we send over out as an email um, each and every week just to get people in the know and to kind of share what's going on. Can you use something like that as content on Pinterest as well? You would want to use the blog link or if you have the actual episode link from wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple or Spotify or whatever the link is, I would share either to the blog or we've had a lot of success sharing multiple images, one to the blog, one to the actual show itself. You know, if it's if it's the Apple podcast link, you want to make sure that that's clarified on the pin image so that somebody who doesn't have an Apple device isn't going to try to click on it and have a bad experience. But that way, more people can find your content too. find the podcast, listen in. So and because it's a longer lead channel, too, if they're listening to our conversation today, they might listen a year from now, two years from now, but still be able to come back and then binge all the amazing content that you've put together from there, which is very much how I consume my podcast. And I'm not alone. If we do it, as I have found in 14 years of marketing and understanding consumer behavior and, and all those different pieces of the puzzle, that's very much how people consume podcasts, get on a kick, you discover a new podcast, maybe a hundred and something episodes in, and then you go back and listen from the beginning. And Pinterest would be a great platform to be able to let you do that and to use it to continuously promote your blog, your podcast content and the blog content that you have promoting the show too. Amazing. So if that's not another reason for you guys to start a podcast, I don't know what is. But okay, let's talk about people who have a course. It's my last real question to pick your brain because side note, if you have a podcast and you have an amazing guest like Stephanie on, take this opportunity to get your free coaching in and ask her all the questions that you might need. Okay. That's just how you do this game. Okay. It's a game and we're all playing it. So Stephanie, I have a course called Start Your Damn Podcast. Yeah. And I want to use Pinterest to kind of show up like a Jenna Kutcher with her. She has a podcast course too. And many other people, Amy Porterfield, a lot of them, you see that them using that as their lead gen to get people to learn their course, buy their course, join their webinars to then be sold the course. Like walk us through A, what a launch would look like for someone who has a brand new course. Because I know so many people have this expertise or this knowingness and they're like, I don't even know how to start a course. And even if I did create a course, like I wouldn't even know how to sell it or what to do with it. I know where we have another hour for this. I was like, do we have another hour? I was like, this is a very loaded topic. A couple of things. I think, again, going back to getting in our own ways and talking us out of the start, I have so many courses. I'm, I'm looking at myself here. I have so many courses on the back burner that I haven't finished or, or just launched and gotten the damn thing out there. So I think if that resonates for any of you here before I even jump into any strategy or ideas, I, I want you to know that. I think for a course specifically, the beauty of that and the, the ease of whatever course platform you're using, you have those built-in landing pages. You have the different offers. Um, there are... I know one of the things that I used early on when I was a little bit more scrappy are some of the different templates, the packs that are on like Creative Market or even on Etsy, where they're going to give you templates for Canva or whatever design software you're using that's going to give you the blueprint for what you need to be able to launch. So especially if it's your first launch, I don't want you to think that it has to be perfect because nothing is perfect the first go around, number one. Number two, just get it out there. Even if it's a beta version, especially if it's a beta version, pitch it as a beta version. People don't care. People 
are now so accustomed to technology and constant improvement because of our beautiful phones and devices that are always constantly doing updates. And as annoying as it is, we also know it's a way of life. Same thing with your course and your business. You can get a first version out there, get feedback from your customers, and then relaunch or reiterate, revamp the course six months from now. I know I have a, a client, she, that's what she does. They build courses for people. And she often talks about not getting so stuck in that immediate first version of the course that you don't come back and improve it over time because it's going to need improvements. I always say this about brands too. They evolve just like humans. We're not meant to be the same forever. Your business isn't meant to be the same forever and neither is your course. So I think the one thing that when you started to ask that question came through more than any marketing strategy is get out of your own damn way and start, start your course, start your podcast, get, get the courses to help you on Pinterest or whatever tool it might be, because we can also get stuck so much in holding ourselves back that we don't even take that simple step action. You, you just had a post on this of like, what's that one thing you can do and that consistency. And that's something I think it's so easy to say, but it's so difficult for us to get out of our own way and do it. But when we can show up for ourselves in just a little way, maybe it's, maybe it's today to start your course. You're going to explore some layouts and themes on Pinterest of, of what kind of courses even look like, even just, just to get your mind percolating. Or maybe you already have the course idea. You just need to sit down and make a video, make a video. It's probably going to suck the first time around and that's okay. You don't need to invest tens of thousands of dollars to hire a team for your first go round, especially if you're a newbie entrepreneur, like you can be as scrappy as you want. I literally just bought a course that's somatic exercises, which are super helpful, but it's literally the girl on the ground, moving her body and talking you through the movements. There are, there's a few PDFs. I haven't looked at them. I'm literally just watching the videos. The videos are anywhere from a minute to 15 minutes. It is the simplest application and I, you know, it was, it's such a good investment. It's so life-changing, but it, don't overthink it. However, it's easy for you to get the content out there, do it. And you can always iterate over time. I love that. Such great advice. And it's like anything, like don't wait to feel like it's going to be perfect the first time. Just know it's probably not going to be just like lean into that. You know, anybody who's in any sort of service-based industry, like our new tattooers or someone who is new to give you a massage or a new personal trainer, or if you're new to the gym yourself, or if you're a brand new hairdresser, how awkward did it feel to hold those scissors the first time? So awkward. So know that like you have to push through that awkward newness of being brand new at something. But if you truly want to change your life, the trajectory of the things that you're able to call in, diversify your income, like creating courses, putting yourself on different platforms, like expanding the way that you reach people is going to shift and change everything. And so this is your friendly reminder from the two of us that you can either stay exactly where you are and slowly slip into the ethers, or you can start to own your gifts and step into the next version of whatever that is for you. So hopefully you took some really awesome nuggets from today's episode. It was fucking fire. I want to go back and listen to this whole thing again, because I just, I love connecting with you the whole time. I'm like, ah, can I just have a co-host already? And can it be you? Like, <laughs> do you get asked that every time you do a podcast? Oh my God. It's just so yummy. I think I'm, we're just in similar seasons. So that's yeah. why the it conversation it easy to have a flowing conversation when you're going through similar things. It makes it nice. Yes. This is a perfect example of like putting yourself out there, reaching out to new people that you find to be interesting and that you want to connect with. Like, just do it. Like go make a new girlfriend, go say hi to somebody today, leave a random ass voice message in someone's DM and just say, hi, I hope you have a great day. I loved your content. You 
you did something that inspired me and like validate them as a human and I guarantee like what you mirror you will get back tenfold and I just I feel like you're in that season I'm in that season I hope you listening are in that season and take us with you listen to this again if you need to share it with somebody who also maybe you want to vibe with like oh my god I listened to this amazing episode and like I think you would really find a lot of value in it that's how this podcast gets out to more people that's how you can help me grow the show it means the world to me to have you listening, to have you here, Stephanie, and sharing your expertise. I know I only tapped into like 1% of what you could possibly share with us. I would love to book another call with you so that we could get a little deeper into strategy. So, yeah, you know, I mean, hell, you could even take it and make it a course. Maybe we should do a, a Q&A that's, a, you know, yeah. easy to digest, like start here course, because I know so many people want to do things. They want to step into their their space, but they're just afraid and just know like we're just as scared as you are, but we choose to push through the fear of not yeah. showing up and, and becoming that version of ourselves that we end up taking that messy inspired action. And we want that so much for you too. So yeah. Seth, thanks for being here today. You're amazing. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and I will gladly come back anytime. Yes. And don't forget guys, go down in the show notes. You can follow her there. Grab your hundred dollars off her Pinterest course. And also if you're interested in starting your podcast, if you have any questions, DM me. Giving back is easy. Leave unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 